Well, Kathy, the situation appears to be worse than at any other point in the pandemic. At this, there have been outbreaks at more than 140 L.A. County supermarkets just in November and December. That's much more than at any earlier point. That includes 48 Ralph stores, 24 Vaughn stores, and stores from other chains, too. So people have to be wondering, what is the fallout from all of these grocery workers getting infected? Well, as one worker said, the situation is spiraling out of control uh, with the growing number of workers getting infected. They're infecting other co-workers. One worker told me she went home and infected her entire household, which included her husband and grandson who both had pre-existing conditions. We're going to tell you tonight at 11 in our full report what this means to you, the consumer, if you plan to go into a supermarket anytime soon. All right, I team investigator Joel Grover will see your report at 11. Thank you. One woman is paying it forward. She is digging into her very own bank account to help businesses and families who are struggling financially from the pandemic. As NBC4's Tony Shin explains for us tonight, this anonymous donor is giving out her own stimulus check because she knows all about hard times. Armando Alvarez opened Vero's ice cream shop right before the pandemic. It's 571. Like so many family-run businesses, it has been a financial struggle. It's really hard, yeah, because we have uh, more bills to pay than the profits that come. But on Tuesday afternoon, this woman came in. We blurred her because she wants to remain anonymous. She charged $2,000 on her credit card, then added... $25 tip. I don't, I don't have uh, words to explain how happy we are. The donor told Armando to give ice cream to kids that give a thank you note for first responders or frontline healthcare workers. I know what it's like through bad times. This is the anonymous donor. She wants us to call her Emmy and told us about her father's business and how 20 years ago it nearly went bankrupt. And, you know, we just have to keep pushing forward. Uh, and there were people that did help us along the way. And, and I'll never forget them. Which is why Emmy began her own stimulus check campaign. She's not from Hemet, but Emmy says she heard on social media how hard the pandemic has been on businesses here. So she began finding ones in desperate need and giving away money. And also stacks of gift cards for families. Families in the community, families that have children to they need to put food on the table. Or... So far, Emmy has given away about $7,000. Her goal is $25,000. But she also believes she's giving out something else. Hope. Hopefully it's at a time where they, they could use the most help. And uh, that's what makes it worthwhile for me. In Hemet, Tony Shin, NBC4 News. The first California snow survey of the season is in the books, and the report is hopeful. This morning, the team measured snow depth and water content at Phillips Station in South Lake Tahoe, and they found that the snowpack is 93% of accurate. Looking live from our camera over the San Fernando Valley, meteorologist Melissa McGee has your first alert forecast as we look to the end of 2020 and the beginning of a new year. We really are, Robert, and as we wrap things up, we're going to be dealing with some winds. As we look at the picture outside from our X camera looking at downtown Los Angeles, we've got a partly cloudy sky, so we'll talk about the weather headlines and what we can expect over the next few days here. It will be turning windy. In fact, the wind advisory has been posted for the rest of this evening. It's going to be a dry weekend, the first one of 2021, and then we're tracking rain 
low pressure. That's off to our north. So an area of low pressure moving across the California-Nevada border here. It's sagging on off to the south. We're not going to find any precip as a result of this cold front moving on through. We will be, though, on the back side of it as we get into the rest of tonight and into our Thursday. The winds out of the north and northerly direction, and that will pick up uh, the winds and also bring down some cooler air. So a wind advisory has been posted until noon on Thursday for the L.A. and Ventura County regions here. You can see through no Ojai, Sandburg, west of Palmdale, acting included in that as well. Winds anywhere from 20 to 30 miles per hour with some higher gusts. So looking at the future cast wind gusts as we get into Thursday morning, you can see in Santa Clarita, north to northwesterly wind at 23 miles per hour, 23 miles per hour as well in Los Angeles. Now the wind advisory does expire at noon tomorrow, but I do think there's going to be an issue even as we get into overnight Thursday and into Friday, at least for the first half of the day. Look at some of these wind gusts Friday morning, 39 miles per hour there in Malibu. So we'll talk about what we can expect as we look at the long range temperatures here. They're near normal or slightly below average even as we get into the first weekend of 2021. A new year brings the same old Santa Ana winds returning as we get into early on Friday. And next week, more of an active pattern setting on up. So we're looking at what we can expect. On Thursday, that area of low pressure starting to depart. We'll dry as we get into the first weekend, Saturday and Sunday with high pressure and control. But then we're tracking a series of storms moving on through and getting a little closer to us each and every time. So on Monday, the threat of some precipitation across our area by noon. We've got some Sierra snow as well. Then that rain really intensifies with another opportunity of moisture as we get into our Wednesday. We'll keep you posted with that. Here's your first alert, 70 forecast for L.A. Basin and then Orange County tomorrow, 68 degrees. The coast breezy in the morning and at 66, we'll dry for the weekend. Then we're tracking that rain both Monday and also Wednesday. For the valleys tomorrow, 64 degrees, 68 for the first day of the new year. Inland Empire, we've got temperatures in the lower 60s. We'll dry as we get into the weekend. Then we're tracking that moisture again Monday and also Wednesday. The high desert communities are going to be with those winds tomorrow, 66 degrees for the low desert. Temperatures, though, over the weekend in the 60s, even around 70 degrees on Sunday for the low desert. Then we're tracking that moisture. For the mountain communities, we had a lot of snow. Looks like we will get another chance of finding that snow.
insist as health officials vow to pick up the pace of the vaccine rollout after acknowledging the effort has fallen short. We have coverage from the U.S. and abroad tonight, and we begin with Megan Fitzgerald in Los Angeles. Tonight, a mutated strain of the coronavirus is spreading here in the U.S. California's governor confirming the presence of the highly contagious variant first detected in the U.K., now in Southern California as well. I think every week, if not every day, we're going to hear more news about this virus variant spreading in different communities. Colorado also on high alert after confirming a case on Tuesday and discovering a second possible infection today. This new variant is just another reminder that there is a lot that we don't know about the virus. The first case was a man in his 20s with no known travel history. Health officials say both men are National Guardsmen working at the same assisted living facilities. If you're ill, instead of only uh, making two or three other people sick, you might actually spread it to four or five people. That means that we'll have more cases in our communities. This comes as newly elected Louisiana Congressman Duke Letlow, who was set to be sworn in on Sunday, died from COVID-19 Tuesday night. The 41-year-old husband and father of two had no pre-existing conditions, according to doctors. The virus continuing to shatter records as it ravages the nation. In hard-hit Los Angeles County, hospitalizations have soared 1,000% in just two months. Medical centers struggling to keep up. We're 131 bed hospitals. We have 224 patients. MLK Hospital is desperate for space. Are you days away from wrestling care? I think we're very close. Even with all of our creativity, there's still at some point a limit to how much you know one group of people can do. On the East Coast, church bells rang, commemorating all the lives stolen by COVID. Too many lives lost in a season of suffering that just won't end. While the mutated strain is highly contagious, experts say it's not more harmful and the vaccine should be effective. Kristen? All right, Megan, thank you. The rising cases of COVID underscore the urgent need to get vaccines distributed around the country. But as of tonight, far fewer people have received the shots than predicted. Jeff Bennett tonight on why the rollout has been slower than promised. President Trump tonight on defense, blaming states for dropping the ball on COVID-19 vaccinations. The federal government has distributed the vaccines to the states. Now it is up to the states to administer. Get moving. The presidential finger pointing comes as only about 2 million people have been vaccinated across the U.S., a far cry from the 20 million promised by the end of the year. So what accounts for the slow rollout? The military leader of the administration's vaccine effort explains it this way. There's been three major snowstorms. Uh, there is uh, everybody working through, you know, how to do the notification, how to make sure we're administering it the right way. But health experts point to problems with the Trump administration plan putting states in control. It's really a state and local level to get vaccines and arms. The federal government doesn't invade Texas or Montana and provide shots to people. It's not an invasion. Like, it's helpful. The federal government should be helping states. This is the federal government abdicating its responsibility, leaving this up to the states, just like they did with testing, and we saw uh, what, what happened with testing. The country's war against coronavirus waged as 50 separate battles, each state now with its own vaccination strategy. In Fort Myers, Florida, seniors spent a chilly night in a line stretching for blocks waiting for vaccinations offered on a first-come, first-served basis. With many states stretched thin and cash-strapped 10 months into the pandemic, Maryland's Republican governor now calling for more federal help. 
there really wasn't a lot of support, uh, no financial support and no real plan. So it's not just sticking needles in arms. There's a lot of uh, moving parts. And uh, I think uh, nobody is quite uh, performing uh, at the top capacity. And we've all got to work together to ramp it up. And tonight, Admiral Brett Jawah of the White House Coronavirus Task Force acknowledges the administration, in his words, needs to be doing a better job with the vaccine rollout. Kristen? Jeff Bennett, live for us in Wilmington, Delaware. Jeff, thank you for that. Public health officials hope the approval of more vaccines will speed up the process. Britain today approved a third COVID-19 vaccine developed at Oxford, but U.S. officials said they likely won't approve it for months. Richard Engel has more now from London. As the UK today saw near record death tolls and orders from schools to stay closed after the holiday because of a new highly contagious viral strain here, a possible turning point. The Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine is approved today. Injections start on Monday. The Prime Minister pleased but cautious. The hope of the vaccine and, and testing alone uh, are not going to, to, to be enough in the next few weeks uh, and, and possibly longer because... Uh, the virus has been spreading very fast. The UK has so far only vaccinated about 600,000 people in the past month, struggling with the ultra-cold requirements of the Pfizer vaccine. The Oxford vaccine only needs refrigerator temperatures, so it can be more easily moved to retirement homes and doctor's offices. British officials are changing the vaccination strategy too. All efforts now focus on administering the first dose, which they say provides 70% protection. The second shot, further boosting efficacy and durability, will come in three months. I spoke today to the director of the Oxford group. Does this vaccine also work against the new variants, the UK variant and, and others that are popping up? The evidence from the experts in the structure of this new uh, virus uh, really points to that it's not being a problem for vaccines. But some American medical officials have expressed concerns about irregularity in the way the Oxford vaccine was dosed during testing. The U.S. regulators may not approve it for months. Kristen? Richard Engel, thank you. And back in the U.S. now, those $600 relief checks should be landing in bank accounts any day now. The president is pushing for $2,000, but he hit a major roadblock today. Kelly O'Donnell is traveling with the president to West Palm Beach. Kelly, good evening. Good evening, Kristen. COVID relief payments of $600 are beginning to go out to millions of qualified Americans. Mailed check and direct deposit underway, according to Treasury, but the hope of larger relief, $2,000 checks, the President Trump demanded and Democrats support is stalled. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell blocked taking a specific vote to increase that amount. In a separate big development, one senator, Missouri Republican Josh Hawley, said he plans to object to Joe Biden's Electoral College victory next week. That triggers a controversial and politically toxic process where every senator will have to vote to accept or reject the election results. For Republicans, that risks the ire of Trump supporters that could hurt them in their own future elections. Kristen? That effort almost certain to fail. Kelly O'Donnell, thank you. In just 60 seconds, the chilling phone call warning about the Nashville bomber more than a year before he took action. We love you.
A police report obtained by NBC News confirms that the girlfriend of Anthony Quinn Warner told authorities in August 2019 her boyfriend was making bombs inside his RV. It wasn't the only warning. In a 911 call, the woman's attorney identified Warner as a potential threat. She has also given me information about another uh, resident of that part of Nashville who is allegedly building bombs in his house. Reports say the attorney went further, telling police Warner frequently talks about the military and bombmaking and is capable of making a bomb. Rutgers Sheriff Police did follow up that tip with a visit to Warner's home, but upon arriving, no one answered the door, and police say they found no evidence of a crime. Today, the chief stress officers visited Warner's home repeatedly, but never made contact. They contacted their attorney. They wanted to get permission to be inside. Uh, they had no basis for a search warrant or subpoena. Police asked the FBI to check the records on Warner, but they didn't have any. Nothing more came in, police say, till his phone went off. Just released 911 calls after the ensuing madness. We're just watching him. Officials say they're examining Warner's digital devices, digging through pictures, videos, and wires for motive. So far, there's formed several unfounded conspiracy theories about spikes in internet in AT&T, whose building suffered extensive damage in the bombing. Tonight, the FBI says they were hoping to clear the blast zone, but said this investigation is far from over. Morgan Chesky, NBC News, Nashville. And we are back in a moment with the officer now accused of lying in the Brianna Taylor case. We speak to Taylor's mother. Nine months after the shooting death of Brianna Taylor. Gutierrez, thank you. And up next, 
the lives we lost this year and the legacy they leave behind.